This is the What's Next podcast, Houston's number one platform where I invite creatives to share their journeys and give us a depiction of their visions. Most importantly, the last question I'll ask is, what's next? Houston, Texas, welcome back to episode number 47 of the What's Next podcast, a production of Still Visionary, Inc. Um, In a couple of hours, the Houston Texans will be facing the uh, Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC game to see who plays for the AFC championship. So uh, by the time you see this, hopefully... We would have won. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we would have won and, and, and been on our way to uh, the um, AFC Championship. Uh, my name is John Ross Dyke the first. And before we get started with the episode, Eli, I want to introduce our social media handles so uh, we can get that out the way and not disrupt the flow of the conversation when we get to that. That's point. important. No doubt. Go ahead. Uh, my social media handle. I mean, I'm not. Extremely large off into it, but at Eli T. Parker, E-L-I-T-P-A-R-K-E-R. That's on uh, Instagram, and it's the same on Twitter. Okay. Yes, sir. Okay, and, and I wanted to, I, I clicked the follow button yesterday, but then I took it back because I when you said, hey, when we talked about coming on the podcast, I wanted to uh, do it right here on the podcast. Okay, Click the I'll follow button on the, fo- on the podcast, and... Uh, and I wanted to make it official. Uh, my name is John Ross Dyke the first, and you can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at John Ross Dyke and still underscore visionary. If you would, connect with me on LinkedIn, subscribe to my YouTube channel, like my fan page on Facebook, and visit my website at stillvisionary.com. That's S T I L V I S I O N A R Y dot com for everybody streaming audio wise this podcast. Um, I have new merch that I'm working. The second prototype that I'm doing is a segment from the podcast called Creativity Comes From Experiences here. And on the back, shop stillvisionary.com. How you doing? I'm doing good. Doing okay. good. I'm blessed. Okay. No doubt. No doubt. Welcome to the podcast. Did I say this is episode 47? You did. Okay. You did. Welcome to the podcast. How Thank are you? Thank you for having me. No Thank doubt. No doubt. Me. I appreciate you uh, um, asking if you could come on, and, and yeah. I really appreciate that. Like I was saying a lot before in pre-production, um, this this platform is made specifically for people to come on and talk about them. Right. So when I've um, um, offered the hand for people to come out and get on the podcast, the reluctance I meet is kind of bewildering. But uh, you know, it's all about growth. Right, and and I, I don't believe that a a lot of people may not understand the uh, the dualistic benefit mm. in something like this well really it, it benefits three yeah it benefits them it benefits you and what you have going on and what you have going on will benefit the listener and the watcher no you doubt. know the, no the person that tunes in to inspire no doubt no doubt so what's going on with you man it's been a long time um houston texas i want to welcome to the podcast another booker t washington grad we're here live on the north side in Eggers Homes, Houston, Texas. Yes, sir. And although I'm not from this side of town, I find myself frequently <laughs> in, in the neighborhood. Right. <laughs> so how are you, man? Uh, I'm pretty good, man. Uh, okay. 
Uh, happy to be seen. Okay, you know? no doubt, no yeah. doubt, no doubt. Happy to be seen. Shout out to my brother uh, Frederick Greeno who says happy to be seen and not happy to be viewed and not seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so shout out to my mm-hmm. brother Frederick Greeno. So um, before we get started with the episode, man, I want to say to uh, the men of Kings Israel number nineteen AF and AM. Uh, happy Founders Day to you all. They actually put me um, on the platform to be able to uh, create. Amen. So I want to say uh, shout out to them. Um, shout out to the lovely women of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Tomorrow's our Founders Day. And to my wife, who is uh, the most beautiful AK I've ever known. Shout out to you. You'll be having your Founders Day, um, I believe, this Wednesday. So shout That's out to the to K's, the Deltas, and uh, Kings Israel number 19. Go ahead. Yes, sir. Uh, so, so uh, I, okay. let me, I'm sorry. Let me sorry. I'm okay. sorry. So, welcome back. Uh, welcome to. I want to welcome another Booker T. Washington graduate. Uh, after we graduated from high school in 2003, let's skip a decade. 2013. What are you doing around that time? Oh, 2013. Actually, it was the year I'd uh, just got my bachelor's degree four years before in 2009, December 2009. Wow. 2013, I think my... <laughs> it's a long time. Oh, we had the first big birthday party for my daughter. My daughter had turned five years old. Okay. And okay. Uh, it was a huge success. You know, uh, if you've ever done anything or put anything together and you look at how many people come out and support it and mm-hmm. how many people are enjoying themselves, yeah. uh, I, that's what I remember from 2013. My daughter was turning five years old and we had more people than what I could ever even think you know yeah uh bring their children and and come out and enjoy the time and enjoy us you know okay yeah so um you know i I look at the analytics of my podcast and i notice that a lot of people um don't quite make it to the end of the podcast Mm -hmm. it's part of building a brand eventually as you build that brand you get to the point where people soak in everything that you have to give them because Mm -hmm. it's a limited amount of time that they get to see you as the brand that they like to endorse but um, so I, I was thinking about how I could get this question out because if I wait too long in a podcast, it tends not to be heard. Gotcha. So the first question I want to ask you before we get off into creativity comes from experiences is this. If you had to surmise who you are um, as a person and in your journey, what would you say or how would you what would you want people to take away from this podcast before we get into the meat and potatoes of things? Uh, Stick with it to it. Stick. Wittedness, okay. You know, uh, uh, I don't believe that uh, a lot of people have the gunction or the the uh, yeah. I would just say the gunction or the courage to actually stick with something, mm-hmm. stick with it, and see see it all the way through. Okay. Uh, and if this doesn't work, there's always something else that that you want to do. But a lot of times, uh, I don't believe that people stick to things long enough to mm-hmm. see it mature. Mm-hmm. Uh, people like to see finished products mm-hmm. and they rarely like to go through what it takes to build the finished product. Mm-hmm. And that goes along with ourselves as well. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's necessarily only a product or only a, a career path or whatever the case may be. If you want to be something, mm-hmm. you have to stick with it to become that thing. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I would say that that would be the big deal i hope i answered your question i think that i did and so and so and so for you uh for you you would say that the one thing that people could take away from this podcast concerning you would be that you stuck with it. i stuck with what i wanted to do okay whatever that was that what i what i wanted to do okay. i stuck with it you okay. know okay 
and I never looked at failures as if they were failures. I looked at, of course, we've heard this millions of times before. I looked at failures as learning experiences, right, and and something that I could build on for the next thing. You know, if you look at anyone that has ever been successful, you know, we all hear the story of how they're successful. Mm-hmm. But I want to dig in and find out when they were unsuccessful mm. and how many other things that they were unsuccessful at, mm. right? Uh, just knowing that, you know, it takes sweat. Yeah. You know, it takes disappointment in any and everything, in life in general, in relationships, in love, or whatever it is that you're trying to do. It, it takes some failing. Yeah. You know? Okay. Right. Okay, so creativity comes from experiences. Take me back, and, and we're here to specifically talk about um, the book we talked about on yes, IG, uh, um, on um, um, the Instagram yesterday. How did how did that come about? Creativity creativity comes from experiences. Right. Take me back to the first experience in which you you went through to be able to write a book. Okay, so uh, I was always you know to make a long story short in elementary school I was a good writer I thought you know we would uh, they would pull all the fourth graders in the cafeteria and we would have writing competitions because you know in fourth grade that's the writing standardized test and I remember always winning right I would always be you know top two or top three receiving a candy and I really at that point I was just doing it for the Kit Kat I was just doing it for the, <laughs> for the Nestle Crunch you know and then uh I recognized I was decent at it um and what really fueled the book uh was the fact that I and I expressed this to you a little bit earlier I didn't really like high school I didn't really enjoy school so much, uh, especially after elementary school. I didn't really enjoy school. And I believe a lot of that, of course, a lot of that was me. Mm-hmm. You know, I uh, I didn't really enjoy my teachers. I didn't really enjoy the cookie cutter success that I didn't fit the mold of. Mm-hmm. Right. So which is which is what I, I feel as if teachers have always and, and teachers in general, I, I believe that they have a mold of a student, a mold of a person that they believe will be successful, a mold of a person that they believe uh, or that they like to deal with. And we all do. That's normal. That's natural. A a person. But as a teacher, I believe that you should be flexible to the different personalities that come your way. I didn't think that uh, coming up through school and especially looking in hindsight, I used to always be frustrated at the fact that my teachers, I felt as if didn't deal with me well because I didn't do uh, or fit into a box, let's say that. I didn't fit into a box. I, I thought mostly for myself. And uh, some of the things, you know, of course, I said and did, they were out of line, right? Mm-hmm. But I believe that as a teacher, you you teach the whole person, right? Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you don't only teach the content, but you're there as an example, and, and you're there as, as someone who can discern personalities, right, to help steer people in what they're good at. So if I see that a child is rambunctious, I need to and but they're really good with their hands. I need to steer them to a career path or a lifestyle that that's conducive to. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the time that I was in school, I don't I didn't believe that I really had that. I didn't really believe that I had the understanding from my teachers. Right. So I remember at one I used to say, uh, man, when I get older, after I become a millionaire. <laughs> right. I'm going to yeah. go back and become yeah. a teacher yeah. so I yeah. can do things. You show them how things supposed to be done, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So um fast forward, uh I become a teacher in two thousand fourteen. Okay. Yeah. No, two thousand thirteen actually. 13, yeah. Two thousand thirteen. I become a teacher and 
uh, I recognize in 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 the school buildings a lot of teachers are jamming gospel music. Okay. Uh, they might be jamming gospel music throughout the day, or they might be jamming uh, gospel music. You know, during the class session or whatever the case may be. But in the same breath, I didn't see them teaching what they were listening to. Okay. I didn't see them dealing with the students in the way that they were listening, the, the things that they were listening to. Oh, okay. I didn't see them acting it out or living it out. Okay. So it, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad as an educator, I do the uh, the contrary to what you said. So right. I'm listening to hip hop, and so I treat my kids in that in that sense. In that in that fashion. Yeah. yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Whatever you say that you believe, you do. Yeah. 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 You don't okay. say that you believe something. And don't do it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right? We're on the same page. Go ahead. Right. So if I'm a boxer and I say I'm the greatest in the world, guess what I do? I carry myself as if I'm the greatest in the world. I don't dodge fights. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Yes, I do. (laughs) do. Right. Good, 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 uh, good uh, analogy. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, So I saw that and backtrack, uh, I actually became, uh, Got serious with uh, scripture and and with my faith as a Christian at the age of fourteen. Yeah, and so I remember Bible thumping and and studying and reading a lot on my own, uh, a lot, a lot on my own as a teenager. And I started preaching at fourteen. My first sermon, I was fifteen years old. So actually, this year I've been preaching for twenty years. Yeah. So uh, I wanted believers, Christians especially, and anyone else. We have a tendency to drop what we believe to do our occupation. Yeah. And I don't believe that that's the you can't be effective in anything if you're not doing that thing in the scope of how you believe as a person. Yeah. Right. Everything that you go to, you you approach it in the scope of how you believe or else you won't be able to go 100 percent behind no it. Doubt. No doubt. Right. Because you're doing something that you really don't even believe in. You know, so uh, one of my things was, so I've always been a Bible thumping, well, I'm saying always, but since 14, I've been a Bible thumping Christian, and then I become a teacher, and I recognize I'm really good at teaching, but I noticed through, you know, your first year teaching is the Mm -hmm. the hardest year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I remember my first year teaching, I did a lot of fasting, I did a lot of praying, uh, and, and of course, studying just the same, right, and I noticed at the end of the school year, I remember people walking up to me um, saying congratulations. And I was mm-hmm. like, congratulations for what? Mm-hmm. Right. And it was like, you had the highest test scores in the school. Mm. And I was like, I did. <laughs> I was like, I had the highest test scores in the school. It was like, yeah. I was like, oh, well, thank God for that. Because mm-hmm. I had no idea what I was doing. All I knew is that I was praying and I was having faith that everything that uh, I was teaching these kids would help them not only for that school year but for in life mm-hmm. in general mm-hmm. you know and you know I've bumped into a lot of those students seven years later and they're doing re- really good amen right? that's good that's good that's good so um so the experience that led you to the book you uh, said that you said that in the fourth grade you were a great writer I was a good writer okay I was a good writer and uh and tying that to the fact that I saw people who pronounced themselves to be Christians in the classroom not showing it mm-hmm. uh, and not seeing that people were able to tie once again their profession to their faith mm. and initially uh, 
I looked out and I was looking for something for myself uh, that could inspire, you know, uh, Christian educators. Do you think that do you think that 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 has to do with the fact of not pushing your your spirituality or in another in another word, your religion on the classroom? Because for me, mm-hmm. I found myself. I remember talking to my um, the lady who gave me my job. Shout out to uh, Miss Williams, who who's actually a Delta. Happy Founders Day to you, Miss Williams. I remember talking to her, and she was like, "It's okay to reference to the kids. You can pray if you want to, but you can't say let's pray." Mm-hmm. As a, as a, do you think that's the reason why? Yes. Okay. I believe that has a lot to do with it. Okay. Yes. So to answer your question, yes. Okay. Yeah. So so continue on what you were saying. So uh with that being in mind, and I'm glad that you said that because if there's something that you believe, all right, so nothing in the Bible teaches us how to act at her, at church, other than there's only one scripture that talks about church discipline and it tells us that we should love each other, right? Mm-hmm. Christianity is a lifestyle. It's not a day out of a week. Mm. It's a whole Mm. lifestyle. So in order to, and I don't necessarily have to push anything on a kid uh, as far as what scripture is. I don't have to reference a scripture. You know, uh, I don't have to say, open your Bible to, I don't have to hand out, Mm. you know, Mm. uh, Gideon Bibles in, in Mm. in the classroom. But my principles are my principles. Yeah. This is what I stand by. Yeah. Now, if they opened up Pandora's box and actually in the book, I, I speak of, uh, of that. You know, it's a lot of red tape mm-hmm. and red tape for good reason, because we all know people that they believe in mm-hmm. some crazy things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's red tape for good reason. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> we don't want teachers teaching, you know, cannibalism or whatever the case may be, you know. Uh, but I believe that if you're a believer and you understand that it is a lifestyle, you don't put it down at the door when you go to clock in. Yeah. Okay. Right. And that's for the classroom or for any job that you do. So um, I forget the question, but no, uh, no, no, that the the creativity, and then you were talking about how Christians, you know, right. And yeah. so the the purpose behind it was to go through the red tape. And be a light, as the scripture tells us to be, mm-hmm. without crossing the line. Okay. You see what I'm saying? There's things that you can do behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. There's things that you cannot do on the scene, mm-hmm. right, that, uh, that'll that make you be that light and, and inspire children. Okay. Right? Okay. Uh, one of my... Uh, the, one of my chapters is called Use Parables. Okay. Right? And the reason why I named it that, you, if you read throughout scripture, you see there's a lot of stories. And the way that Jesus Christ taught, he taught through stories. He mm-hmm. used parables. Mm-hmm. And so um, one of the things is, is, so one day I'm teaching about coordinate grids. Mm-hmm. Right? And uh, I had a little activity in the classroom. Right now I'm teaching elementary school. So uh, so I'm just introducing coordinate grids, introducing them to go on the X axis first and mm-hmm. then go on the Y. And one of the – and the, uh, the teaks explains that um, they have to know how to get to from, from one point to another point mm-hmm. given uh, uh, compass directions, you know, north, south, east, west. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So – I'm doing an activity. It's like a relay activity. And they started uh, at the origin and they, you know, I give them a set of directions. And then the kid writes down the the coordinate and he moves on and the next kid comes and the next kid comes. So anyway, uh, making a long story short, the the students always, it always happens that 
after five students go, they start losing their way. Mm-hmm. They start, you know, so what court am I supposed to go to now? What mm-hmm. am I supposed to do mm-hmm. now? And I remember sitting down and, and talking to my students and saying, hey, if ever you get lost on anything in life, mm-hmm. you always go back to the origin. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm using that. Now, did I have to reference scripture? Mm-hmm. No, I didn't have to reference scripture. And after talking for so long, I remember the, uh, the students standing up and clapping and like, Mr. Parker, you sound like a preacher. <laughs> and, and I didn't say anything about it. I didn't say anything about it. Yeah. But later on in the school year, I remember students coming to me, you know, they taking their math test or whatever test that I gave or a district formative assessment that that was given. And I remember them co- coming back and saying, Mr. Parker. Uh, I was messing up on this math problem and you know what? I just erased it all and I went back to the origin mm-hmm. and I started all over and that's how I got it right. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Yeah. You know, so you can put in what you believe without making it necessarily obvious. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. So let me ask you, uh, going back to the origin for the, for the Christian would be what, would that be going back to the Bible? Yeah. That okay. would be going back to God and, and, and what it teaches. Right? Okay. Okay, so in writing the book, um, you said you have a chapter. Uh, what was the chapter about parables? What was that chapter? Yeah, it was called. It's called uh, "Use Parables." Use parables. Yes, sir. Okay, so how many chapters in the book? Ten. Ten chapters. Yes, sir. I'm not a big book reader, so okay. I didn't. Okay. When I say big book reader, yeah, thick big books, books. five five hundred <laughs> right, pages, right. low, smaller right. ink. So when so the 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 um concept behind writing the book was to was to Inspire teachers who are believers. Okay. Right. Uh, I was looking out in the market trying to find myself something. Yeah. Right. And we see books for being successful in this, being successful at that, being successful at this. Uh, And nothing was necessarily for teachers. Mm -hmm. And so when I first started teaching, there was a book called Teach Like a Champion. I don't know if you... I had had to read that book. Right. We all had to... Most of us had to read Teach Like a Champion, and and they share strategies Mm -hmm. on how you should teach your classroom. Mm -hmm. So the first thing that I thought was, well, shoot, uh, since I was having year after year of being successful Mm -hmm. as a classroom teacher, and, and even outside of the classroom as a math coach, when people would come and ask me, you know, what do you do to be, you know, hey, we need to come watch you. We need to come do this. We need. And I, all I could say was, you know, I'm just teaching like a Christian. I'm just mm. putting my all into Teach it. Teach like a Christian. I like that. Right. I like that uh, then foresight, now hindsight. Right. Looking at the book. Right. Okay. Okay. Keep going. Keep going. So uh, what I did was, I, you know, I had to reteach like a champion multiple times. You mm-hmm. know, they, they would assign chapters and, and uh, you had to use the strategies. Your administrator come by your classroom trying to see how well they're being implemented. implemented. Mm-hmm. And I just was thinking of my accountability to the Lord, I said. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, what strategies am I using? Can I make a list of strategies that I use or use a, make a list of strategies that a believer would use in order to be successful in their classroom as a teacher. Mm, okay. It at first was going to be a devotional. Okay. And then when I sat down, I was like, man, the devotional for my first book may be a little bit too much, <laughs> <laughs> you know, cause it's a okay. uh, hundred. I was going to make it 180 days, 187 days, most teacher contracts mm-hmm. around yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, man, that's, 
it's going to be 200, 300 yeah. pages. Yeah. So I wanted to keep it nice, short, and concise and simple Okay. for teachers to follow. Of course, being throughout a school year, it's a lot to do. Okay. So I wanted to make it easy. So I was thinking, I was thinking when you said, um, I was thinking, because I teach, I started out teaching ninth grade. Mm-hmm. And, and the fact that in the, the teaks in elementary school have the kids looking at coordinate systems, I thought about the fact of how we, when we're, when we're teaching the slope of a line mm-hmm. and we go to coordinate systems and we're like, okay, right is X and up is, is Y. Mm-hmm. I thought about that. Then I was thinking uh, how fundamental it is to have the kids start early in that so that that way they understand it coming up. And I, I was thinking about how dysfunctional it is for the kids that haven't learned the, the foundation in math to be able to correlate that when they get older. How can you? How do you correlate people that are that didn't grow up into the Bible in, in the Bible, mm-hmm. um, trying to learn the right way to to walk as a Christian in their latter years of life? That is uh, first off. I want to can I Go ahead. touch on that? I I started tutoring right and. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, they always would ask me to tutor their high school child, mm-hmm. you know, in the algebra or whatever it mm-hmm, was, right? Mm-hmm. And I would notice when I started tutoring them, saying like, oh, they don't understand. Yeah, it's it's a lot. It's, excuse me. It's a lot. It's they, a lot. They don't understand fifth grade, man. Yeah. They don't understand fourth grade, yeah, man. Yeah, man, yeah. this is a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to answer your question, if they didn't, if they weren't raised in it, mm-hmm. Uh, which a lot of us aren't raised in it. Yeah. I just so happened was was raised around it. Uh, so how can they, yeah. what was the question? So the question, because uh, for me, the parallel came um, with Teach Like a Christian and how it math, my father always told me from the beginning. He always told me, whatever you do on the left side, you do on the right side. Right. So whenever I start off with any any school year, I always tell them that's that's what algebra is about. Yes, right. Balancing an equation, yes. right? But if the kid doesn't have the foundation in math, and, mm-hmm. and, and I found this out in tutoring as well, when you go to tutoring, it's a one-on-one situation, mm-hmm. and every minute is, is priceless, right? And then you say, okay, what about this? And then you realize, okay, I have to backtrack here. Right. And then you say, okay, well, okay, after you've backtracked and they've got that little concept and you add another concept in and then you realize they don't know that because they don't know this. Mm. So how, so uh, a Christian that has not grown up and know the Bible, like from Sunday school growing Mm up, how do they make, jump that gap? How do they close that gap in when they're in their thirties, forties and Mm. their life hasn't progressed to where they think their life should be? Read. Uh, I think that the 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 first jump uh the first thing that i would say to any new believer is don't just like anything don't try to jump out there and and start running before you even stretched mm-hmm. okay <laughs> you know <laughs> you haven't even stretched first uh yeah. you know uh yeah. i think that just sit down and learn sit down and read mm-hmm. uh i think that um for them it's i don't actually believe it's actually that hard you know you know have books like Galatians, Colossians, Ephesians, especially Colossians for myself when I was a teenager. That was the first book. It spells things out plain like, hey, do this. Don't do this. Live like this. Don't Don't live like that. And for any new believer, take whatever that you learn and do it. Mm -hmm. And then once you learn something else, do that. The 
thing that I believe that a lot of new believers have a tendency to make the mistake with is trying to jump out in the forefront, right? Uh, now I'm a believer. Now I need to go tell everybody about Christ. Mm-hmm. That's the that's a mistake. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm a new teacher, I don't run out and try to tell experienced teachers what to do, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or I don't run out and try to get beyond my scope of things. I remember when, so I'm a correlate this i remember when i first started teaching uh you know group activities and stuff i started teaching in eighth grade uh, i mean you know teaching eighth grade mm-hmm. and i remember they was pushing group activities yeah, and yeah. and group seating yeah, and yeah but i'm a new teacher yeah guess where i i can i can live at rows yeah <laughs> rows and columns yeah, right yeah so because my classroom management wasn't that yeah, great at the yeah. time uh i didn't have the activities mm-hmm. follow that so guess what I did? I remember an older teacher coming up and telling me, a more experienced teacher coming up and telling me, saying, hey, uh, live in your comfort zone. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. So for someone who's new to the faith, figure out what you got mm. and live there. Mm-hmm. Live there until you figure something else out. Yeah. Right? Live there, perfect that. Mm-hmm. And so I remember us, like I said, starting to teach. And that's what, man, I'm so happy. Cheryl Matthews, that was my principal. Uh, uh, Miss Cheryl Matthews, she's retired now, but she was my principal at at uh, Hoffman Middle School. She gave mm-hmm. me my first start, but I remember she saying, "You're a new teacher." She was like, "And and then I was hired late, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So right before the school year started." And she was like, "No, if de- if rows and columns where you at, do Still rows and columns. Rows and and columns. so for a new believer, learn what you learn and perfect that." And keep going, right? I I don't believe that because we see that people that's been in church and been in supposedly in the Bible all their lives, we see how they act. I've never, I tell a lot of people, I've met a lot of people. It's rare that I've ever met a person who does not believe because they actually opened up the Bible and read it. Okay. They normally don't believe because they see church folks acting a certain way. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. so that's what makes them not believe. Mm-hmm. Right. So it doesn't matter how long you've been in it mm-hmm. is more so how well you apply what you know. OK. Right. OK. Mm-hmm. What songs on your mind right now? Uh, a song by uh, it's called Easy by uh, a rapper. I don't know if you if many people heard of him. His name is Seven. S-E-V-I-N. OK. It's, uh, it's called Easy. Seven. Seven. Easy. Mm-hmm. OK. It, it, he talks about uh the chorus goes, nobody ever said this would be easy. Mm. Right? Yeah, man, it's a it's a high song, man. I'm gonna go with um elevation elevate elevation elevation. I'm tripping, I can't pronounce this word. Elevation worship, uh see a victory, and I'm gonna go with Molly Music Royalty. Man, Molly Music is somebody I yeah. think a lot of people sleep on. Yeah. 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 Molly. Okay, so going back into the book, um, you're not a big book reader. Uh, how much of a factor was how people retain information now um, going into this book? Even with adults now, some adults like myself find it hard to sit down and stay focused on reading a book. How much of a book? How much of a factor was audio books or mm-hmm. or sticking to the routine of writing and putting it on a hard, hard copy? Mm-hmm. How much did that weigh into you uh, doing this form? Uh, doing a physical. Doing a physical. Um, audio book should be coming soon. Okay. I'll, I'll say that. Okay. But uh, 
the form was I, I do recognize in the teaching profession a lot of people are vain. Yeah. They just want an extra book on their bookshelf, mm. okay. and it makes okay. them look, you know, like look, yeah, yeah. educated, <laughs> you know. So, and a lot of the teachers that I've been around are not necessarily technical, technic, technology savvy, mm. right? So, even when I put it out on Amazon, uh, noticing that it was a few people looking at the numbers, only like ten people purchased the Kindle book. Mm-hmm. And all my book sales were coming from hard copy books. Okay, okay. So I was like, okay. But even before I even released it, so that was just confirmation to what I'd already kind of saw, mm-hmm. right? That a lot of teachers have a tendency to want something physical okay. in hand. And it may have something to do with being vain. Uh, and the other part is probably not being as technology savvy, mm, okay. right? Okay. So um, teach like uh, teaching parables. What is your favorite chapter in the book and why? Man, uh, so one of the people that wrote the book, I mean, they read the book before I actually uh, published it. They helped me edit it and stuff. Mm-hmm. They said that they really heard me. Uh, they said, I could really hear you, Parker, in this. Shout out to uh, Carrie James, Miss Carrie James. She's a kindergarten teacher at mm-hmm. my school. Um, mm-hmm. Was Stumbling Blocks. And the reason being is uh, stumbling blocks, it talks about, all right, so in scripture, um, it talks about woe to those, the world to have stumbling blocks, but woe to, to those who actually bring the stumbling blocks, right? Mm-hmm. And But when we look at being a stumbling block to a child, when we look at being negative or evil or whatever to a child, we have a tendency not to look at it as if, we, we look at the pedophile, we look at the rapist as if they're the worst people on the planet, mm-hmm. right? But I done, messed, I done met some real messed up people that were not racist, uh, that were not racist or rapists or pedophiles, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And these people can and do create stumbling blocks for children and people. So, for instance, if, uh, let's say my daddy was a drinker, mm-hmm. right? How could he create... A stumbling block for me he's teaching me how to drink subconsciously mm-hmm. without even trying he's that's what he's doing you see what i'm saying i do uh and as a teacher i think that when we out in front of the students like that we have a tendency to do exactly that so if i'm flipping out every five minutes and you're my favorite teacher mm-hmm. and you are cursing people out or going off every five minutes guess what i want to be i want to be like you yeah and so guess what I'm going to start emulating and trying to, trying to do? I'm going to start flipping out on people. Yeah. I'm not going to be as patient as I should be, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, I wanted us to look at not necessarily the worst people on the planet, but to look inside of us and see what are we doing is actually messing kids up mm-hmm. ourselves. Mm-hmm. Now, it, we may not be listed on the, in, a, on the, in a newspaper, on a TV is somebody who did this and this and that. And a lot of times we feel start feeling self-righteous because, no, I'm not I'm not a pedophile. Yeah. You know, I've, I don't slap kids for no reason. I don't yeah. do this and do that, you know. But what are you doing? Mm. You know, what are you doing that could possibly steer this child wrong? Mm. And in there, uh, I talked about a time where 
uh, I was in the seventh grade, and I remember I was dealing with, uh, you know, it was a boy that went to my school. He was bigger, older, and everything than everybody. And really, when you think about it, he was a bully. And I'm sitting in class, and I all of a sudden feel something wet hitting my face, mm. right? And I was like, what is this? You know, you remember the old ACs in the back mm-hmm. of the room? Mm-hmm. I was thinking it was dripping. Mm-hmm. No, it was another type of boys. They was like laughing and giggling. And I recognized it was a boy. He had long nails. He was putting spit in his nails and flicking it on me. Mm. And I remember, so, all right, what should I do? Mm. I'm, a, I'm a male, and I go to the school. If I let, if I let this slide, mm-hmm. things are going to get bad, right? Yeah, yeah. And I remember my teacher uh, saying, hey, I need somebody to pass out papers. So I devised a plan, raised up my hand. Oh, I want to pass them out, right? And I remember passing out the papers, and I remember being like, all right, I got to do something. So I finally get to him, and I rear back as hard as I can. I pop him across the head. So he gets up, we about to fight, and the teacher, you know, breaks it up and all that. And she says that I, I have to go to detention after school in her class. Oh, you know, okay. And so bell rings, everybody goes. She tells me I need to sit in the back of class, whatever, you know, just sit there. But I recognize about two minutes in the sitting in the class, she walks out and she lets the boy in and locks the door. Mm. So think about that. Now, I didn't get beat up or nothing like that. You know, after, you know, we tussled and all that type of stuff and he ended up leaving and I ended up leaving. But I'm thinking about think about what really is she did she just do just now? Mm. What really she knows what type of student he is. She knows that, you know, I wasn't even that type of person. I wasn't like a fighter or nothing like that. Wasn't my reputation, let me say. I was more of a silly kid, you know, a jokester, Mm. you know. So she knows that this is what type of kid he is. Mm. And this is what type of kid that person is. And we know he always messes with kids. Mm. And she's enabling it. Mm. She's enabling that type of behavior. She's enabling it. She's encouraging it, right? By her walking out and letting them in and locking the door. Mm. You know, she really set me up to get beat up. Yeah. You know, thank God that didn't happen like that. <laughs> you know, uh, I remember pushing the desk toward him and, you know, yeah. and I'm bobbing and weaving and we, you know, but uh, she, in, so I look at that and we don't see somebody like her as, being a stumbling block to a kid. Yeah. But guess what she's teaching him? That being that way is okay. Mm. And guess what she's teaching me? This is your place. Sit down. You know what I'm saying? Mm. You don't, whatever she's trying to teach me. But I never forgot that day. I remember being like, why would she do that? Yeah. Okay. And do you think that I could learn from somebody who's promoting that type of behavior? Mm. She's promoting bullying. She would see it happening and she might laugh at it. Mm. Right. Yeah. So I'm sitting in the class. Do you think I could ever even do? I want to learn from her. Is that is that what you were thinking after that moment, after that time period? Yeah, I know I didn't want to go in that class. Okay. I don't know. I didn't want to deal with her. I know I lost a lot of respect for her. Mm. You know, because I I was raised around a lot of older people. My my grandparents were born in 1908. My uh, they had 16 kids, as I told you earlier. And my dad is the youngest of 16. He was born in 1948. So I never looked at uh, older people as being so unwise mm. and now the older I'm getting I'm recognizing that so when I saw her do that I was like man that, an older person should mm. handle that a little bit differently yeah so I lost all respect for her. Mm. all respect I see 
I see where the beginning of the episode ties into now. You see okay. what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I do. I do. Um, today is um, January the 12th. We're 12 days in. Mm-hmm. 2020, we have 354 days left. With this book, what do you hope to attain in, in terms of exposure to this book? And what do you hope to attain personally? Uh, I just hope to... Uh, this is, I guess, a vague answer, and in, but inspire as many teachers as possible. That's not vague, because we need it. Right. Yeah. Uh, inspire as many teachers as possible, and not necessarily for me to get any sort of glory, but for the Lord to get the glory, uh, for them to know how to tie and put in. And I believe anybody that's working at any job could benefit from it, right? Uh, I would hope that, uh, as I said at the end of the book, that teachers actually band together and start doing the right thing and they actually see the impact from it mm-hmm. from from putting forth their best you know their best effort uh later on in the year I, I hope to have like a teacher conference at a church or you know have some uh speakers come in and, and inspire other uh inspire teachers have sort of like a convocation mm-hmm. uh, of sorts okay. uh, we used to call them revivals but now the the smart word is uh conferences right so mm-hmm. i would love to have not smart, but the the more the less um, religious yeah, yeah. term. That's, that's the word, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, so have some conferences, have some, uh, you know, where teachers can sit down and be inspired in the work that they do, as opposed to you know we always have to go to professional developments, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they are a waste of time. A lot of them, <laughs> right? You just sit there and you like, oh my gosh, this is what is going on, yeah, right? Yeah. You're always having somebody tell you uh, what you should be doing, what you could be doing, uh, as opposed to inspiring, mm-hmm. you know, and that's my goal. Hopefully we can get some, I can get some teachers together and, and some educators together in outside the classroom, parents even, and uh, inspire them. Yeah. Inspire them and, so that we can raise our next generation to be better than where we were. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So uh, diving back into the book, let's let's talk about the structure in which you wrote the chapters. Mm-hmm. How do you start? How did you start? What was the middle part? And how did you conclude your chapters? Uh, I, I ended every chapter with a prayer. Okay. Uh, I, I figured that uh, given direction, like going back to your last question, you know, somebody may be new in the faith mm-hmm. and you just giving them, I just planned on giving them clear, concise prayer, something that they can pray, you know, because a lot of times uh, people want to pray and they don't know what to say, right? Mm-hmm. So giving them a prayer, giving them something that they could uh, fall back on for that day. Uh, thinking back to the first idea was a devotional. Mm-hmm. So I put the, devo- uh, the devotional aspect into the book to help people for an, on an everyday basis. Mm-hmm. Um the structure of the book, I didn't want any page to be more than, I mean, any chapter to be too much more than 10 pages, mm-hmm. right? I wanted it to be something that somebody can sit down and read a chapter in 10, 20 minutes, mm-hmm. right? So each page, each chapter is easy to read, uh, and it's simple for a new believer, and it's so much scripture in there that people can reference to where you can grow within each chapter. I believe that each chapter has layers. I believe that somebody who really understands something, who really thoroughly understands something, can explain it 
to where a kid can understand, right? A mm-hmm. child can get it. Mm-hmm. And it can also be appreciated by an adult or a genius. Mm-hmm. So I tried to actually pack each page, each chapter for something to where someone who who's on the surface level, who's new in the faith, who's new to teaching, mm-hmm. right? That they could get something from it. Mm-hmm. And somebody who would like to dive deeper is something I, I've given enough theology within it to where they can dive deeper if they wanted to, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Because mm-hmm. there's plenty of scripture reference uh, I see that. to back up everything that I'm saying. I'm not going by uh, anything of my own words. Uh, okay. Yes, sir. Okay. So the I, I did 10 chapters because... Like I said, I'm not a big book reader. Mm-hmm. And I know throughout the course of a school year, if somebody snagged it up and wanted to read it throughout the course of a school year, they would be turned off if they saw 300 pages. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, so I wanted something to just make sure that people weren't intimidated by it mm-hmm. and would be encouraged not only when reading, but encouraged at just the sheer size that they're able to get everything that they need within mm. this 109 pages. Mm. Uh, actually, it was 125. And after formatting and, and submission, it dropped down to 109. So I was pretty happy about that. Mm. Yeah. Talk about the uh, the aspect of after you get done writing it, somebody edited it for you, um, turning it in and trying to get it published. How did how did the reaction of writing a Christian themed mm-hmm. book come off to your publisher? Uh, I actually went through Amazon, so okay. I was going to go through Moody, okay, uh, Moody Publishing. I was going to go through uh, I forget the names of the other two, and I thought I wanted to get it out in 2019. Yeah, and so that was the main reason why I didn't go through any other place and i also struggled personally since it's a, a christian themed book it's a christian book i also struggled personally with selling it yeah i didn't really want to sell it yeah like that that was a that was a hard for me you yeah, know but just then on the other end you I mean, this is something that you you experiences and right and, and hard work and, and that yeah, have gone into yeah yeah, 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 yeah. you know so i was mm-hmm. juggling with that mm-hmm. and with the other publishers, the first off, they have limitations on how, and I never got any pushback because I went through a Christian, uh, Moody is a Christian publisher, so okay. there wasn't any uh, pushback on that. But uh, uh, just the, they have starting prices, mm-hmm. and then with somebody struggling to sell it already, mm-hmm. I was like, uh, my starting price has to be twenty dollars. Mm. My starting price has to be, you know. So I was, I was worried about that because once again, the whole purpose of me writing it was to inspire teachers, mm-hmm. right? So the the idea is, any artist, anybody that 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 has put something into to something, yeah, you might want a financial gain from it. Don't get me wrong, no but the big deal is you really want people to hear it. Yes. That's you really just want Come people on, to time, hear it. It's time. Talk up. Let's yeah, go. that's that's really what you want. You mm-hmm. want mm-hmm. as much exposure because you believe that what you have is something good. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. So you just want people to, hey, just take just yeah. take a look at it. Mm-hmm. Just look at it. Mm-hmm. I put time into this. Just look at it. And I didn't put time into it for no reason. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. Uh, I went through Amazon because, oh, the editing process. So you can pay for editors. Mm hmm. But if I would have 
pay for editors that would have pushed me more to selling it yeah. for a high price. Yeah. Right. And that was what kind of turned me off from uh, one of the other publishers. If I would have had to pay for editors, you know, I have children and, you know, mm. it's like, ah, I can't eat all of that cost. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So um, that's what turned me off. But getting just people that I knew that I, I, I trusted their judgment mm. uh, and, their, and their intellectual ability and, you know, their ability to read, yeah. you know, yeah. and tell me whether they were educated, uh, sec, you know, secularly educated or or not, whether they're a teacher or not. I just handed it out to a group of people. Yeah. Let's just read the book. Yeah. I wanted to know from uh, people Every- who aren't educators Hey, is this an easy read? Is this something that you could just flow with? Mm. You know, because that was the big deal. Is this something that is an easy read? Yeah. You know, you've read stuff that's not an easy read. Yeah. After every few sentences, you have to actually sit down and like <laughs> think about yeah, it. Yeah, what is this? What is this? Yeah. You know, yeah. what is this? Yeah. You know, so I wanted that to be easy, and uh, the feedback was pretty good. And I, I actually sat on it for a while before mm. actually publishing it because I was trying to conjure up the the money, the resources to just give it out. Yeah. And uh and I sat on it for a while, honestly. And hopefully this inspires some of your listeners, some of your viewers. Honestly, because of embarrassment. Yeah. Like I I was kind of shamed. Why? I don't know. It's, it seems crazy, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. You know, you, 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 when you put yourself out there, you you not only put. Oh, I see what you're saying. You're putting yourself out there, prob- possibly for people to criticize. I and, see what you're saying. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it's mm-hmm. a little shame, you know, yeah. or uh, possibly I didn't view myself as somebody who like. Who are you to, you know, yeah. write this? Who are you to yeah. try to tell people this? You know, who are you to do? And then the the criticism, I'm like, yeah. man, people criticize yeah, me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then the fact that it was a Christian book. Yeah. Right? Uh, whenever you speak of your faith as a Christian, automatically people have a tendency to feel as if you're judging them. Yeah. I could just say I'm a Christian. And through my lifelong experience, I recognize immediately it's like, oh, so you... You look at me like, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just saying I'm a Christian, you know? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. it, you yeah, know? You yeah. invite me to a strip club. I'm, nah, I don't yeah, want to go. Yeah, it's just not, yeah. That's not what I do. I got you. I got you. I got you. I got you. Um, so uh, the, la- the, the, the chapter that you feel in hindsight now could have been better. Uh, 100%, I would say... Giving, uh, no forgive the 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 after. Mm-hmm. Okay. Forgive. Okay. Uh, I think I could have went in a little bit hard on that. Uh, okay. One of my concerns was putting too much because people are gonna read this right, and yeah. I am a teacher, and I do have to work there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And putting too much out there to where people feel as if I'm taking jabs at them. Yeah. You know, okay. I didn't want that. Okay. I didn't want people to, but in hindsight, I probably just sh- should have just did it yeah. <laughs> and just not put the names in there or whatever, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, but uh, I didn't want nobody to feel like I was taking jabs at them. Yeah. And that was, that actually kind of translated through a couple of the chapters in the book. You don't want to, you know, John Ross stepped on my shoe. I don't want to yeah. say, you know, yeah. John yeah. Ross stepped on my shoe and, yeah. you know, 
and have to deal with that. But the forgiveness thing, I think I could have went in a lot harder okay. uh, because that's what Christianity is all about. Forgiving. Forgiving. Okay. And teachers do hold grudges against students. Mm-hmm. And especially, they hold grudges against each other mm. in administration. And I think I could have, you know, redid that a little bit, yeah. Okay. Um, there is a child or man or woman, I don't want to be gender specific, to follow. And um, what bit of advice would you give them um, in maybe writing a book in their walk or in their new career as a teacher? What bit of advice would you give them? Uh, as we talked about earlier, uh, pre-production. Mm-hmm. Go 100%, you know, behind what you do. Uh, you can't fail. I, I don't even look at it as a failure if you didn't go 100%. Mm-hmm. And from a teacher to a Christian to a book writer, if you're going to do it, go 100%. Don't fail because you half did something. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, I don't even look at that as if it's a failure. I don't know anything in my personal life that I put 100% in. I mean, like went in that I failed at. Mm. Uh, and as a teacher, the same thing. You know, I, I've seen a lot of teachers get weary and tired and frustrated and we all do uh but at the same time i don't think that they are actually putting in a hundred and a lot of them don't know how to put in a hundred that's the next thing knowing how and if anybody wants to write or record or whatever the case may be just start with what you have Mm -hmm. you know uh i have a mac my MacBook is uh, my MacBook Pro is a 2015. Mm-hmm. Guess what I thought to do? Oh, I need to buy a new Mac. No, I don't need to buy a new Mac. Just sit down with what you have. If you really want to do it, start. Mm-hmm. And if anything that comes up that you need, go from there, mm-hmm. right? But a lot of times when we want to do something new, we want to start everything new. Yeah. But you don't have to do that. Yeah. You know, the the first new thing, the biggest new thing that you should act on is the new thought and desire to do it. That is the only starting point that I believe anyone needs. The, the new desire that was placed in your mind and on your heart to do something, act on it. Yeah. You don't need nothing new. You don't need to necessarily go buy nothing yet. You don't need, unless you have it all together, uh, unless you don't have it all together, let me say that. Find what you could do. Find how you can do what you want to do with what you have. Okay. First. Okay. Right, and that'll actually prove if you should invest more. Okay. You know. Yeah. If if that desire, if that passion is still there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No doubt. So uh, most importantly, the last question I'll ask is, what's next for you? Um, a tour. <laughs> Let me speak that into existence. Uh, I actually really want to get the, I don't know if you call it a tour, but I actually really want to get the conferences together. I really do. I want to talk to some pastors or or some principals and get some conferences together and inspire teachers. Wherever they, they are, inspire teachers. I would like to start a YouTube channel, and I think instead of writing, I think uh, my YouTube channel or IG, I could uh, do the devotion that way. Mm. You know, uh, have a morning devotion that way. Uh, So I would say what's next is me waking up a little bit earlier so Mm. I can actually do that. Um, 
and pointing into these kids, man. Yeah. Yeah. Pointing into these children. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what I like to do on the podcast, man, is uh, this is a, a a staple of the What's Next podcast. It's a black SVIT that I give to every creative that comes on the show. And the new edition in 2020 I did. This is actually the second What's wow. Next t-shirt that I give to every creative. I want to do something a little differently this year. So I'll give you a SVI t-shirt and a What's Next podcast t-shirt for you to uh, enjoy. Man, and I really appreciate the podcast because it's... It, I don't know if you know, but it actually inspired me to continue writing the book. Yeah. Believe it or not. Believe it or not. I appreciate that. I was like, you know what? I'm going to just do this. Yeah. I'm going to just do it. I appreciate that. You know, so that's big. Just, just. It is. It is. uh, So I appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity. I appreciate you doing what you're doing. No doubt. I really do. I appreciate you for um, coming out of your comfort zone and say, you know what? Can I can I talk about it? Because I needed it. Right. I needed I needed that next guest, man. Like I said before, but uh, I appreciate you, man. Appreciate you uh, for opening up your space for me, and I wish you well on the book. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Teach like a Christian by Eli Parker. Where can Where can people get it at? Um, uh, you can get it on Amazon right now, or you could uh, sh- uh, hit me up on IG, hit me up on Twitter, and I can deliver it to you, personalize okay, sure. it to you. But for sure. Teach Like a Christian by Eli Parker. It's on Amazon through uh, the Kindle app, or you can order a physical copy. Or like I said, you can uh, DM me, and I can deliver it to you. For sure. And we can go from there. Houston, Texas, I do what I do for myself to prove that I can do it for others. Peace and blessings. Yo, I feel like 95, Sachi on my body Biggie, Jigga, Puffy, all that ballin' is a hobby And I'm wildin' in my wallies, in them valleys, no Pilates More way get you more wet, now nah, that's these Bumanti My crystal ball, I see crystal, I crystal y'all with that I saw the sign like Ace Space, that Ace of Spade get crappy Like cheers to the money guys, the Willie niggas Who buy them bottles, and then they spill these liquors Yo, yo, salute my dude I see you, dog. Five bottles, one dick. Why I need some rubs? I know I'm out of line, but love is shower time. You know it rose rain when your cloud is nine. Get off that high ass hussy. This a private party. Been on my dick too long. Your breath on private party. You gon' be nice and naughty. These walls on priceless Audi. This the upper crust. Fuck is up. Over and Oh.